from the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Hey, hey, welcome in, everybody. Hour number three of the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, Bill George. Uh, Carlos is out uh, dancing around, and, of course, we had to give up two seats because the man's so big and so large. Mr. Eddie Salter's here. He's hanging out with us, breaking out all kinds of good little things here for us to play with. Uh, this latest one here, what do you call this That's box a here? small, sweet hen. What's it called? Small sweet hen. Small sweet hen. You stick it in your front front pocket right there. And it's about the same size as some of you may know, a pack of cigarettes. But uh, the thing about it uniquely is it's a hollow box with holes drilled all the way through it on either end. And believe it or not, when you when you mess with it, if you put your fingers over the holes, it's it changes the, the whole sound of the and whole thing. You can make it How sound like two that? fighting hens, like you were talking about a while ago, by moving you, moving your fingers off of it. And so. right now, this thing is soaking wet. Mr. Salter came over, got a bottle of water, and said, "I'm going to get this thing wet, see if you think it can work." And it sounds just as good or better well, like as it is. Like he said, is. it never rains in Florida, so I mean, why I would know. you have to worry about? But this is what it sounds like when you have your fingers over the hole, that high pitched, and then you take your fingers off the hole, and it changes. Yeah. And how many times That's have you crazy. had this happen to you? You said you wait. I got. You said you had that box around what thirty years ago. When yeah, did you? I had it actually thirty years ago. When I went in turkey call business in '85, and uh, we made that box in '85, and and didn't make any more after about '92, and then because it was so labor intense. Uh, but now I have my own CNC machine. And right. We can punch them right out. And uh, yeah, matter of fact, I'll give you that little call. No, say, don't do nah, that. Yeah, I'll let you take it home. You can give it to a kid or something. And, yeah, right. I'm not giving this to my kids. Are you crazy? <laughs> uh, I want you to kill a turkey with it. But they. But how many? I'm about times... to throw this thing really hard to kill a turkey with it. Uh, uh, yeah. Dang it. But how many times have you had Thank that happen you. to you? Where literally, like you said before. You take a mouth call, you take one mouth call out, you put another mouth call in, the That's gobbler right. the gobbler wants nothing to do with you, but you That's switch mouth calls and you make one yelp and all of a sudden he's running well, as hard as he can to you. I think it's a lot to do with uh, the what he's kind of like you're, you know, you married, right? Yes, sir. Kind of like your wife talking to you. you <laughs> yes, know, sir. Uh, uh, you know her voice. And, yes, and, sir. And every now and then we stumble <laughs> up on something that sounds like mama yeah. to that old turkey out there. <laughs> Oh, here I am, Mama. Yeah, right exactly. And then they'll come in there, and and that's why you need to you know, adapt, and that's why you need to take more than one call to the woods. I got to ask you this too, because this was probably asked by a million and a half people. But in your opinion, what is the hardest turkey to shoot in the United States of America? Well, I'm gonna say, and I ain't being real smart. I'm gonna say the one that's had the most pressure put on him, and I mean. Hunted the most. So it doesn't matter, Eastern, Miriam, whatever, it's just who's well, been actually, I think chased around the woods? If, if I had to pick, I'd, I'd pick an Osceola and an Eastern, you know, in uh, an Eastern in, you know, in Alabama, Mississippi, and that southern zone because they've been hunted so much. Right. It's hunting pressure. That's what's got a lot. And, you know, 
the Merriams and the Rios, they don't have the pressure put on them. Right. And, but if you start putting a lot of pressure on them, they'll get tough too. But, I know that uh, uh, our, our good friend Steve Austin, who uh, originally started the show with us, was uh, he talked about the fact that when he went out to go hunt Miriams the first time, he couldn't believe how quickly they came into oh, yeah. a call. Oh, yeah. Whereas in Osceola, you may be sitting there on your butt yeah. when you can't feel your legs for two hours before, Absolutely. Absolutely. before this guy gets close enough to shoot. That's right. Where these Miriams, he just sat down. As soon as they started calling, you know, bah, bah, I mean, they were already firing off. And next thing you know, they're they're all trying to outrun each other to get there. Actually, you you know, you, hardly, you just about can't call enough. you got to just keep calling. If you quit calling to a Miriam, he's liable to stop out there and not even come on in there. You just keep calling and keep calling, and, which a lot of times what I tell everybody, a lot of times when you get to that old turkey and you call to him and, and he answers you, he's really telling you he wants to ride in your truck. He wants to go home with you right. if, he, if he cuts your call off. Right. And if he flies down and, and you know for a fact that he's coming, take you – Take both, take both. Uh, if you got pegged or whatever, and throw it about ten yards away where you can't call anymore. Right. And you'll probably kill a lot more turkeys. You know, <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I have to agree with that because I think to a certain point, especially here in the state of Florida, I think that a lot of mistakes that the guys make is they overcall. You're right. They call so much. They call so much that. You do start getting that body language That's where they're right. looking at you going like, man, something ain't right over there. I, right. am, I am not going over there. And, and so many times we, we make the we make calls that we shouldn't make to a, like a turkey old gobbler. If he's up in the tree, we shouldn't be cutting and cackling. And all we should be doing is mainly tree calling to him a little bit till he flies down. Then when he flies down, then you, you get hit him excited. with all the cutting and cackling and all that, get him all pumped up. But what happens if you if you overcall to him while he's in the tree? He's sitting there waiting on Mama to come see him. Yeah, and, right. Come and he's this way. He's to be there at nine o'clock. Right. You know, you overcall into him. Now, what? Give me an example of what you would use as a tree call. Can you show Actually, me? Actually, that little call that I give you. Right. Is you know what that is is a little killer killing call. But here it is one of the best tree calls that you'll ever you'll ever go to the woods with. Just that little. Old just like a light. This yeah, is really talking very Everybody loud. waking up. Everybody's waking up. But I noticed you didn't <laughs> put any little purrs in there or anything no, like I'm that. No, I'm just tree just... calling. I'm just straight tree calling. Just... Yeah. Yeah. That's all I do. Right. Until he hits the ground. Now, I may tree call to that turkey, you know, as many as 15 to 20, 25 times. But what I like to do really is, I like to sit there and wait on that turkey. You know, as a hunter, when you call, when you call to a turkey, and he answers you, it makes you feel good. You know, you right. know boy, he answered me. I think yeah. he likes me. I got, my, yeah. I got his attention at least. Right, so why don't we reverse that role? We let him gobble. When he gobbles, the first thing he hears is you calling right back to him. You answering him before he ever gets his last note out. And then he said, oh, it I'll made be, you feel I'll good, so why not making honey. him feel good? Yeah, that I heard you too, that's that right. kind get, of thing. Get yeah. in his head. Oh, that's hang, on, hang on, dear. I'll be down there in just a minute. That's right. That's, that's a good right. little philosophy to have that's is let him know, hey, look, I see you, I hear you too, uh, to let him know that you're not just answering him back with something he has no 
idea about what you're doing. Yeah, now, and then and this little call right here is, uh, you know, uh, this little gobble call is, you know, I don't say get out there and start gobbling and walking down through the woods with it. Let that turkey hang up out there. You know, he just won't come, you know, and then and just, just gobble and just, you know, hit some little – Low, low gobbles with it, and uh, should you have a Jake decoy for that? Oh I yeah, mean, that I, would really... I, that's what I use is a Jake and a hen. I, I, I actually two hens. Right, so that makes him twice as jealous. Yes, sir. Because yes, you got that young boy out there hanging around with yes, them sir. girls, and yes, I'm sir. gonna come yes, whoop sir. somebody butt. Yes, sir. Well, now on this right here, you get out there, you do your tree call, you get him on the ground, then uh, that's when you start messing with him. We'll, oh, let yeah. you, we'll let you answer that when we come back from break. May everybody wait for it. All right. That'll be good. See, I just answered your call, and now you got to wait. There you go. <laughs> so we're going to take a break. And He's it's learning. A, it's a big and wild outdoors. We're at the Open Season Sportsman's Expo in Lakeland, Florida. Gates are open. Come on in. Come and see us. Eddie's going to be over in the booth a little bit later on. You can ask him a million and a half questions, and he'll look at you and don't go. Do a seminar. I don't know nothing about nothing. That's what he's going to answer you with. That's right. I don't know nothing about nothing. All right, you guys, we'll be right back. Stay right there. Hey, you got us now. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, broadcasting live out of the open season and Sportsman's Expo in Lakeland, Florida, talking with Mr. Eddie Salter, along with uh, Bill George and uh, Jonathan Swindle, Carlos running around. But Mr. Salter's got to get out of here. But before you get out of here, I just wanted to say thank you for coming by and filling us with uh, your presence well, and, your, and your prethala of knowledge when it comes to turkey hunting. And before you got out of here, I wanted you to give some advice to Bill George, who's going to be heading out to Hawaii to shoot turkeys out there. Is there anything he needs to do differently he out need, there? He needs to come get him one of them long boxes because that, that's a Rio turkey. They love it. It's got a little bit of higher end, and yeah. they like that long There box. you go, Bill. You need to come out there and play with it. Yeah. But, I, you know, one thing I'm going to leave you all with, uh, too, is uh, uh, when I'm working a turkey in the morning, after that turkey flies down and I know he's on the ground, then I, let, I like to let him know that I just flew down with a fly-down cackle. Okay. That old turkey will bust out of that tree, and then she'll hit. As soon as she hits the ground, you throw some cuts in there, and he's on the way. And then throw the call away, and you'll kill him. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, hey, dude, you know too much stuff. Why, Seriously. No, why are we talking about the show? I'm gonna be doing seminars. I got one. I think around twelve o'clock today, and I got one at. One o'clock tomorrow, I believe, and uh, you know and they got a lot of good seminars. I went into one room yesterday, and it was snakes everywhere. And I said, well, "I think I'm in the wrong room." Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> but, Turkey hunting has a few snakes in it. Well, that's, that's true. Right. Now you're on today at, uh, at noon, and then again today at two uh, thirty. Okay, so, so I, I'm double dipping today. Okay, good double dipping. So well, bring your family here, and it's so much to see at the show, and uh, we'll be. Uh, 
we'll be excited to see you, and I'm always ready to talk turkey. I know you are. Now, if I go over there and I buy a call, can yep. I get you to run the call in the noon show so I can say that you ran that call just in the you? show and then pick it up afterwards? Sure, I can. I might just do that. He wants a used call from you. Is that what he's saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you come on. We'll fix you up. Right. Yeah. He Thank y'all so much for having me. Right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, yes, Mr. Eddie. Yes, sir. Thank y'all. Thank you, Mr. Eddie. Yes, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thank yes, you so much. Enjoy that call. Uh, I, I will. I'm going to keep it forever. Then when you shoot one, you got to give me an owl hoot. Oh, now oh. I just know you shot one in. <laughs> I'll call you. I'll call you on Facebook. You and do it on there. Thank you. Of course, talking with Eddie Salter, the turkey man himself. If you want to catch his seminar, don't forget it's going to be happening at noon today. And if you're going to get here a little bit later on, you can catch him again at 2.30. Uh, great guy to talk to. And uh, just like Nuge, once you get him started, man, he will go through no, everything no. with you. And I am so pleased that I have started to convert people like him into these bright-colored shirts. Uh, <laughs> That is like the new style. I've seen uh, a lot of those. Who's making those? Do you billboards. Know? Who? Bill, no, I was saying billboards. I mean, no, the the turkey. Uh, they almost look like a turkey Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. I mean, who, but, who's making those? But I tell Does you, she you know, know. You don't know who's making. Okay. I've been wearing them for years, and you know, kind of my thing. And now everybody else seems to start doing it. I'm gonna have to find a new look. Well, no, well, that's a different one. That's Speak, one of those ones. Speaking of hers, let's get her on the air. Well, now who is she? This is what? What's who, what? Give me her official title, Jonathan. Put it on. Put it. Now fold it down. Now pull that down. I'll, yeah. I'll let her do. Her. She. This is her job. What are you pull talking about? Pull it in. There you go. You guys hear me? Can we hear you? Oh, my gosh, you you're a soft talker. <laughs> talk loud. Well, you got to speak up. Talk like introduce you're in a, yourself. Talk, talk like you're in a bar. That's where you got to do it. Ready? <laughs> and you are who? I am Tabitha. I'm the marketing manager here at Open Season Sportsman's Expo. Yeah, and we found that out because she's over here going, you guys got to quit talking, Eddie. He's got to go. Okay, he's got to go. Can't be standing around here all day talking to you knuckleheads. He's got well, things we, to do. We sent, it, he, we sent the guy that he's with back there to the booth, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We got we had things covered. So I, Tabitha, how do you think the show's going? How was it yesterday? You're going good. It's going good. It's a little slow start yesterday, uh, but Fridays are always a little slow. Yeah. Um, but you know we've got a great show out here, big family friendly show. So we're expecting a big crowd for today. Big big crowd, and of course, you got all kinds of great items and a lot of great stuff for kids, family, everybody. I mean, if you want camo, you want bows, you want. A hunting trip, all that stuff, you can do it yeah, all right here, right? Yeah, forgot to mention 12 and under kids are free, 12 and under. Are they really? They are. 12 and under for 12. free? Yes, absolutely. So what's the deal? Uh, I had some people ask me on social media, what's the deal with bringing in your antlers to have them uh, scored? scored? Yeah. yeah. Do you get in? Do you get a free admission when you do that, or do you? How do you do that? I mean, you don't. You don't get a free admission, but you can come, and we can. We have deer scoring here on site, so we've got expert um, handlers here that have been doing scoring for many, many years. So if you've got, you know, a trophy buck you want to bring in and see how he measures up, you can absolutely bring him in and, and get him scored here on site. Now, when Jean Paul is doing his cooking seminars, is he giving out samples? He is. He sure is. He's got wild game. He does wild game cooking demos. Uh -huh. He'll be doing, you know, I don't know what he's doing this weekend, but in the past he's done deer and elk, and he brings lots of really yummy things to the table. Now we know where Braden's going to be the rest of the day. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm just asking for a friend. Does he need help at his seminar? 
made an official taster or something? Is that you what you're sure volunteering did? for? I know, I know you're. Don't point you're, at me. You're qualified. I know that for a fact. Oh, look who's talking. Well, whatever. I'll save you a seat up front. Well, okay, thank you. Yeah, Carlos will be uh, complaining that there's not enough moho on it. The Cuban redneck will be there. Mm-hmm. So what else? Give me more. Give me more. What else is going to be happening? Well, give me the snake guy thing. What's that all about? Oh, snakes are. Me and snakes are not friends, but Jason Clark, he does a fantastic show. Um, he was on the Animal Planet for many years, so he had a TV show there. He's got, he switched over to YouTube now, so he's got a full um, YouTube channel now, but he's got lots of snakes with them, venomous snakes, non-venomous snakes. He's got a couple alligators. We are in Florida, so he's got sure. some alligators here with him. Got to have um, But he has a very educational, very exciting show. So. Well, obviously it's kid-friendly because our friend uh, Bill brought his boys over yesterday. And uh, said the guys really, really enjoyed it with the kids. It, you know, they'll, you know, he wanted a volunteer to come up and actually hold the snake. And of course, one of his boys went running right to the front. Oh, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, it's there's a lot of uh, engagement when it comes to the guests, and I, I think that's one of the good things about this expo is that you've always been able to get up close and be able to ask questions. It doesn't matter if it's a, a vendor of of bows or mineral blocks or anything. This is the time where you can come in and ask those questions in person instead of getting it secondhand or off of social media or somebody else and going through all the banter with all that crud and uh, and talking to the experts. That's right. Uh, one of the things was like when we were talking earlier about what Jonathan has here with his uh, analogics with these mineral blocks and Eddie Salter brought it up. It's amazing. If I go into social media and I talk about this mineral block, I'm going to get 55 people who beat my butt up again. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, you need to put more coin out of there. There's no soybean. I mean, they'll knock me down for it. And that's not right. And so when you come out to an event like this, you can talk to the people who are carrying the product, who make the product. Use the product. Use the product. And we'll give you the straight answers for it. Yeah. I mean, those one-and-done feeders that Jonathan has out here, got the manufacturer standing right here. Yep. You want to know what makes that better? He's not going to fill you full of crud. Stay, stay tuned because once we get ta- we'd get done with Tabitha, he's probably coming on. So. Listen, that's well, the mean, number one feeder <laughs> on the market right now. Currently, and, it's the number one feeder. And we've been talking about it for years. You know that, yeah, we talk about it being hurricane proof and bear proof. But I think to me, the the story of how that feeder came about is probably the most important part about that mm-hmm. feeder. We've all bought feeders. We've yes. all bought plastic. We've all had, you know, Uncle Bill had that old 50-gallon uh, old drum out in the back. We cleaned it out and turned it into one. All those things. And I don't care what you say, but when you have somebody who went through that whole entire process, yes. then sat down and said, how in the world can I make this where I don't have to deal with all these difficulties, <laughs> and then goes out and does it, Yeah, that's what makes the difference. Yes, And that's what shows like this are that you're putting on here. Yep. really do make a difference. It's not just reading a piece of paper or a pamphlet or reading it online. The good thing about these outdoor expos is you can come and talk to the people in person. That's what they're here for. And, and where's Bonnier going next? What city? What, what What's the next show? Yeah, so so for the Open Season Sportsman's Expo, this is our last show of this season. So Lakeland, we this, this show closes us out. Um, but we've got a full six-series show next year starting in January in Paducah, Kentucky. We've got a show in Monroe, Louisiana, and uh, Overland Park, Kansas, Columbus, Ohio, and then Wisconsin, and then Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin, and then we'll be back here in Florida in July. So, 
doing the oh, whole up doing north. Are the Dales in Wisconsin? We are. Oh, yeah, man. So it's planned out already. That's gorgeous. Yeah. It's planned out a year in advance. Wow. Yeah, well, I look at this, but I notice they slipped in Monroe, Louisiana. Got to have them Duck Dynasty boys. You got to do it in their hometown. It'll be full of people. Well, you got Troy and, you know. They're down the street. Guys. They're down the way, down <laughs> in Homa. Actually, Homa, when we so. had them here at the show, Jay Paul and his and his uh, dad, yeah. they stayed until the last um, fan got a picture and an autograph, and they had to book to catch a plane. They made it. I like those guys. I've met them at Shot Show. I've met them at all the shows. I've yeah, been they to. came out. Strawberry they're the, Festival they're the real deal. And you guys bring great people here. You know that always draws a lot of people. Michael Waddell. Remember when he was here? That that was a great show. Yeah, but I mean Eddie is one of those guys who's come back almost year after year after year. And uh, I we could have sat literally and done the entire show with him. Oh, three hours easily. Uh, I mean. And uh, I wasn't kidding when I was like, dude, you just you just know way too much. I know Eddie <laughs> from my days as a rep. Yeah. We go I, way back, like 12 years or more. Well, I mean, but this box call right here, he, made, he designed it 30 years ago. And uh, the guy's been in the business for a long time. And as you heard when he sat here with us, man, he'll, he'll talk your ear off. You go in there and talk to him in the booth. And, and he'll, he'll do the same thing that he did here with you over there, not because he's sitting on a radio show. That it, that how'd is you true. like his new call? I left to talk to the Florida Camel guys, but how'd you like that big call he made, that big boat call? You didn't. Oh, you weren't here when I tried to talk him out of it. So yeah, no, yeah. No. He's gonna sell a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, I tried to get that one. I ended up with this one. <laughs> but I'm not gonna complain because this hey. thing is awesome, and hey, knowing you got that he something. And uh, knowing that he uh, invented this thing 30 years ago. And your kids will drive you crazy with that, which is great. You know what? And it reminds me of the old, uh, some of the older calls that I have that used to be made here. The Gatskins. Remember the old Gatskins calls mm -hmm. that were made from this cedar like this? It's going to go just perfect right next to my original Gatskins call. So it'll go. be good. It may get to the woods. It may never get to the woods. But it's an awesome call. Yes. Let me see that. Rick makes them. No, I don't want. No, that's all right. You I just want to touch see it. it. No, you can see it. See with your eyes, not with your hands. I want to touch it. Thank you, ma'am. Yes, thank you. Appreciate it. You did a great job, yeah, and this is a great you. show. Be proud of yourself. Aww. You can go get a hot dog on us. It's free. <laughs> thank you. Is it? I don't know if thank they're free today. You. I meant to ask her where she's got to go back to after this. Where you got to go back to after this? Where's home? Where? What'd she say? I can't. She lives in Groveland. Groveland, Florida. She's a Florida girl. You cracker. So anyway, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Come and see us. We're out here at the Open Season Sportsman's Expo at the RP Funding Center. Gates are open. Open till 6. Grab the family. Grab your stuff. Come on out. We'll see you in a little while. We'll be right back. At least, I don't know, I didn't hear Diego give us a warning or anything, so have mercy on me. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. Big and wild outdoors. Sorry, I'm distracted. I'm watching John. the hogs and turkeys being yeah, no, plundered across the way on the TV screen. I'm distracted by a blue hog that, you know, should have never let that one walk. I've never got one since. But anyway, go ahead. No, sorry, I, go. I was just saying, we're here at the Open Season Sportsman Expo. Oh, I am. And now you folks are going to get what you've all been waiting for. 
We've got we, we we we've got Jeff, Christy, and Braden Gunn sitting at the same what? table. What this does is, that mean? Th- this is going to be magic on radio. So what does that mean? You got uh, two raging Cajuns here or something? What is that supposed to mean? Is that some sort of slide? One guy. I don't know who that guy, guy is. I have no idea. I've never met this guy before in my life. What? I don't he know. You guys might be the guy name? who knows a guy. Might yeah. be related. What's his name? This is Jeff Christie. No, I don't know him. From one and done feeders. Never met him before in my life. Don't know. Available, available Airhead Archery and Open Season Sportsman Expo this weekend. We you got know, a trailer full of them. You know, one of the specific reasons why everybody always goes, dude, when you were out in Louisiana you were on your trip, why didn't you, like, you know, do more posts and stuff like that all over social media so everybody knew where you were? I go, That's so that nobody why. would know where I was. Because <laughs> you know how many people I know in Louisiana that would be screaming and yelling at me going, well, why didn't you come by? Why didn't you stop by? Why didn't you come by the house? Why didn't you come over? I don't want to see them yeah. kids. Why don't you go there? I and don't know, but he could have gone to see you, Jeff. I'm telling you, I don't put him to work. Yeah. That's probably why. Well, That's why we stay away to- from you. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> My kids don't even come around anymore because they know dad's going to put them to work. That's uh, reason number two. Wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. You're over where? Where are you at? And you're, you're not. Right smack in the middle, Alexandria. I drove through Alexandria. See, that's why I didn't say nothing. Because otherwise, it'd be like Jeff be on there. I'd have had Hey, man, if you're on 74, why don't you just swing off, get over there by the damn casino, come over and meet me by over Ted Potter's uh, Cajun Ranch. Hey, no, he would have filled your car full of uh, no, one and feeders yep. to bring down to Florida. Yeah. yeah. Tyler's going to need a couple of these while you're at it. Let's put these in here. Yes. I don't know how many I can put in that focus. Oh, we'll figure something Strap out. Strap two on the roof, man. Look like something out of uh, happen, touching my ball spot. Thunderdome. Uh, how are things out there? <laughs> I was there when we were there for the uh, the uh, tropical storm that came through. It was all good. Oh Stayed in New Orleans for that for three or four or five days, I think it was, through that, and then drove up through Homa, and then up through uh, Alexander, Monroe, everybody else went up to uh, uh, south of Shreveport, up to Mansfield, went up around there, and then wandered back through. Of course, my old man's like, when you go in there, cut off, get on this road, go through this back way, and you'll catch up. Holy moly. Dude, you got to remember, people don't know that if not from Louisiana or from that area, if you turn off of a road and get off anything that's pavement that looks like a levee that's been paved, now you're actually on a levee that's paved trying to get from point A to point B. No, no. tell him what you told me about airboats and shrimp boats. (laughs) Exactly. I said, you know, you're in Louisiana. When you no longer need hemorrhoid surgery, because it'll pound them all back in. And, and yeah, the roads, the roads are horrible. Are horrible. They're horrible. <coughs> the bridges were built back in the 1920s, and of course, uh, uh, you know, Louis P. and his brother-in-law, and everybody else, all that money put in their pockets for all them bridges they were going to make somewhere. You Huey P. Long out there making that money. I think the actual template for Boss Hog. But anyway. I said, only in Louisiana do you cut down through a cut road. Man, I know a spot, through a shortcut, go back, and get behind two damn shrimp boats on trailers being moved from point A to point B. You know, it's not like getting stuck behind a John boat on uh, Martin Luther King or on no, behind an airboat on I-4. that we get. Dude, out there on them rice fields where they all them crawdad things out there, I mean, I saw machinery out there I'd never seen before in my life on the damn road. Things that were like seven feet up off the ground. Oh, what yeah. the hell are those for? Well, we can't tell you that. I, I don't Louisiana. even know. Have you ever seen those tractors? There's no middle. Uh, They're up off the ground, yes. and it's like it's that's like for a motorcycles little... to go underneath when you. Yeah, you could. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying not to impede the flow of traffic. There you go. 
All right, one and done feeders. Let's talk about something important. Come what on. in the world is gall strap or gall? How are you saying gall it? Gall strap. Wait, I know you had to put a Louisiana twang in there. So how are you saying it? Gall strap. Gall strap. Yep. And I'll tell you why. It why was is it the G that? silent like in a like a go spelled G U G E U I X? It's because the first time I made it, I had a bunch of guys around and we tested it. And when we tested it, we actually put it on a huge worn winch, and it burnt the winch up. And the you guy, were trying to break it? Well, yeah, we were trying to break it. It was a 12,000-pound winch. And the guy said, Gool, that thing's strong. And I said, what would you say? He said, Gool. <laughs> well, right then and there, if you got something that pretty, that strong, it's named the Gool Strap. So, in other words, in regular language, it would be the God strap. Yeah. No, that regular Because goal was like, golly. It's short for golly. Yeah. Yeah. Just a southern term. Yeah, I know. Everybody use it. I like seeing a pretty woman. Goal. Golly. Look at that big buck. Goal. So, this thing, you couldn't break it at 12,000 pounds. Jonathan said that you smeared peanut butter and honey on it and dared bears to eat through it, and they couldn't. We actually did. We actually, the first one, the, the one I made two inch. It actually stretched to over 36,000 pounds. Really? The one inch is actually 8,000 pounds. And we took that one and actually just what you said, we took peanut butter, we took honey, we took everything, strapped it to a tree with the feeder, and the bear could not chew through it. And it's in that same, that same strap, the original one that I built the one inch, uh, is still on the tree. And every year we coat it with peanut butter, and I have yet to find a bear. That'll chew through it. You, can't, you plenty, can't even cut it with a pocket He's got plenty knife. of teeth for a necklace, but that's. Well, you know, when Jonathan told me about the strap, <laughs> when he first said something about it, I said, are you, please tell me you're working on a strap that'll uh, hook up to a trail cam so that it'll keep every yahoo that wants to go out and oh, steal yeah. crap oh, yeah. or, or even for locking up a uh, oh, stand yeah. or something. I'll tell you this. I've actually, and I'm going to actually start doing this at the shows. I'm going to actually put a $100 bill. On the table, anyone that likes to try to cut it with a pocket knife. And no amount of time. I'll give you, you know, however long you want to try, but I'm not responsible for your pocket knife. I've already ruined three pocket knives trying to cut through this stainless steel. It that'd is that a, tough. That would be a great marketing thing because I remember the days that when you go into the to the auto parts store and you had those two valves stuck together with JB Weld, oh, there was yes. a million-dollar challenge if you could break oh, them yeah. apart. It's, it's funny. awesome. How, yeah, it's funny how this thing was designed. I actually designed it for hunters, for tree stands, because we all know someone who was in a lock-on, put the lock-on up two months later, got into it, or even the next year, squirrels chewed through it, strap broke. Tree gets bigger, yeah. grows in Gravity the tree. takes effect, and then 911's called. Well, the other thing is is it, it's made of stainless steel. Oh, yeah. Stainless it's actually steel. got two cores. It has an outer and inner. The outer is stainless steel. The inner is uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Good. Well, the reason why I bring that up is because I know a lot of the uh, climber stands and things like that, it's a rubber-coated type thing. And yep. if you get a nick in there or you do that, it starts to rust from the inside out, and you don't even know it. Yeah. Because Until it's, it's too late. It's too yep. late. This is it's this coated is. in rubber, and you get up there, and you're diggity-diggity up the mm-hmm. tree, and you get halfway, and all of a sudden that Pow. cable snaps where yep. there was a break, and it would have been rusted in there for two yep. or three years. You never even knew and it. And this has moisture. two cores, so... That's why I say it has it has the outer and inner, which which it, it's just about indestructible. I've had several people ask me how long is the strap going to last. I really don't. I, I don't know. 
I really don't. Longer I mean, than it, you. It's, it's taken us. <laughs> it's taken us three years just to find the right stainless steel. I didn't even know they had different grades of stainless steel. Yeah. And it, I had to find this particular for this strap, you know, for it to work properly. And it is. It's. It's. It's incredible. So, it really is. This thing is tough. When so I Jonathan stuff, said bad. that uh, you got a patent on this thing, a so it's all good here oh, and yeah, all we that got stuff. A couple. And it's being made here in the United States. Yep, both. We're actually making it here, and we're making it overseas. Both. Right. So. Well, that's good. It just scares me the no, overseas part because no, next thing. Well, well and the available. reason I say overseas, y'all. I mean, your materials come right. from. I'm not going to sit there and lie to you. Not, a lot of people say, "Was well, this made in the USA?" Uh, yeah, but. Where the parts come from, you know, you're just robbing Peter to pay Paul. That's when they know. put assembled exactly. in USA. Exactly. Well, I mean, and that's coolers and everything else. I mean, I, I love the ones that are saying that designed in the United States. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, it's not made here, but it's designed here, so uh, it's all good. That's Ma- 99. Made with real white chicken. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, now, so if anybody wants one, of course, you could come down here to the uh, Open Season Sportsman's Expo. Come out to Jonathan's booth. And uh, how does this go? You got them all in a trailer outside? I mean, I notice you don't have them all piled uh, up in here uh, like years uh, past. Uh, my, my lovely young nephew sitting right over here, he uh, is our runner, as we like to call it. Uh-huh. You know? So Jeffrey sells them. Lori takes the money. Brock takes care of you. You can pull right out here in the parking lot. We load it right in your truck. And Jonathan doesn't look like a whoop government mule by Sunday afternoon, barely able to walk from running them back like I was two years ago with a hand truck. Well, now, Jeff, we talked to you last year and the year before and all that stuff, and I brought it up last hour. One of the things I got to say about the one-and-done feeder is, is what I always liked about it was the story behind it. And, oh, the story is amazing. And, and the thing is, is I brought it up, you weren't here, but – how we've all we've all gone through them. We went through the the five gallon bucket. We went through the metal mm-hmm. bucket. We went through the garbage can. We went through the the plastic ones. We went through the the Gra- all, gravity I, feeders. Everything. I mean everything. I mean, dude, we've all gone through them. And if you think back to the amount of money that you spent on all those dang feeders that you put up that destroyed either by wind or falling down or hogs got a hold of it or a bear got a hold of it or anything else. And I know that some people look at one and done and go, well, these things are just too damn expensive. Yep. But if you look at it as an expense that will last you 20 years, then, dude, it's not an expense because you've probably already spent three times that in the past on feeders that didn't work. Listen, I'm sorry, Jeff, but as a guy that's been in this industry for, you know, as a rep and all that, and I've touched lots of feeders at SHOT Show or, you know, ATA, any of those shows. That is the best-made feeder on the market for the last couple years. Thank you. And that is truthful. Well, this is the way. It's I- garbage, and you'll have to wait till after the break. Wow. All right, we're going to take a break. <laughs> it is oh, the big break time? It's Come the big on. and wild outdoors. See, I throws that in there. Bam! Well, good thing I talked. <laughs> Round two. It's the big and wild outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. Ding, we'll be ding. back with Jeff from One and Done Feeders when we come back. All right? So stay right there. We'll be back.
Oh, we're back. Man. Hi, welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Spring Gun, John Swindle, Carlos Lopez. Bill's over there selling killing imp impl impl implements. And uh, we got Jeff from uh, One and Done Feeders sitting over here. Drove his butt down all the way from Alexandria, Louisiana. He's down here hanging out with us for the show. And uh, selling a bunch always of, a blast. Always uh, selling a bunch of one and done feeders. If uh, you want to get one, I say come here and get one because I think Jonathan is like the only dealer in the. Uh, We're working on that state of Florida. Is that true? Is that true? Close to it. Yeah. What you mean to close it. to it? Where's the We're where's the next closest place? I've sold to several vendors in the past. I don't remember them exactly because <laughs> you know you never know if they reorder. <laughs> you know, we're growing quite rapidly, so I don't keep up with the computer. On well, that's we, good. Now, I know last year I asked you, have the uh, have the folks north of the Mason-Dixon line discovered your product? And I think Oh, my you, gosh. Have they, Them uh, people order some feeders up there. Ohio, Pennsylvania, right? yes. Yeah? Once they got a hold of it up there, they were kind of like Texas. Once they found out, then that was it. Really? This is the way I like to look at it. And, and you can sit there and say it saves money, it does all this. Now, as a hunter, let me tell you what it does. And this is the bottom line common denominator. We only have so many hunts. If you really want to look at it, you, if you think about it from October to December, that's when our, our really Thanksgiving. Majority July of hunting, to. It, I mean, that's when you hunt. I mean, October to really Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, how many hunts do you have in there? Well, really? where you are, not that many. But in well, Florida, we start next week. Well, no. <laughs> And like, Seriously, we and like, and like me and him had this conversation before. For me, when I got into the outfitting side of things, I got four or five, four or five days to go up there, you know, during a month maybe to check feeders and do all that. And it's like I've told him in the past, it's great for me because I know them feeders are running. So That's the thing. I know that when I take clients up there, for me not being there for two weeks or whatever, that – if I tell them the feeder's going to go off at 8 and 5, the feeder's going to go off at 8 and 5. Yeah, We've got something new, actually. This is very important. We've actually designed something new, and people need to know this. We're the only feeder, from what I know of, with the anti-jam system. Yes. If your feeder jams for some unknown reason, cob, stick, anything else, the timer actually goes into sleep mode, oh, wakes it itself back itself. up, and reverses the motor. Wow. And it does that until it unjams itself and then goes back in the normal mode, and you never knew. Now, that right there is priceless. And it's kind of like a box of bullets. If I sat there and told you, say, look, there's 20, 20 bullets. Now, two of them ain't going to work. But the other 18 do. Mm -hmm. That's about like a feeder. Right. Well, I and if you take that chance, I mean, you go a week, two weeks without feeding, that makes all the difference in the deer's pattern. Well, and I – well – and I wanted to bring up the fact that I know in a lot of states you can't feed for wildlife or anything like that, but uh, a lot of those feeders can also be used in other ways. I mean, you can also use them to feed fish. You can use them uh, on a pond yep. to throw food for uh, for uh, fish if you got one of those out there. Yep. That thing slings that thing a mile, so it, it covers a lot of ground. And, I mean, 
40 or, by 50. If nature Widest lovers. feed pattern in the industry. If uh, you're tired of uh, the squirrels coming in and eating all your uh, And you're underselling that distance, by the way. Your yeah, songbird I know. feed. <laughs> I like to surprise people. You can put one of those in your yard and feed all the songbirds you want to, and then the squirrels won't have any part of it. Not That's to it. mention you can use it for at the panfish challenge. They have one on the dock That's feeding what I the said, fish. Feed yep. the fi- Where were you two, five seconds ago when I I don't listen that? to you, oh man. My gosh. You talk yeah. all the time. <laughs> like an old married couple. <laughs> in the zone him out every Yeah, you know, man, like kids, like kids. We're like an old married couple. <laughs> exactly. So, Carlos, anyway, back to you. <laughs> I always wondered why you didn't sell them to all those guys out on the cruise in Mardi Gras to be out there figuring out some way to throw, throw all the damn beads out oh, there. God. Well, well, there's there's a reason behind that, but yeah. we need to talk that on the radio. Throw it out there, man. Swish. Hey, you just, he's going to sit on the couch and he's going to think about it. Exactly. Don't get me started. A bead shooter, man. That'd be awesome out there. Lord. You'd make a million dollars. Well, again, if you want one and you want to go check one out, the beautiful thing about the uh, Open Season Sportsman's Expo is you can come and talk to the man who invented the thing. You can come talk to the man who works with it we can tell you all these things face to face i never knew that it would actually go into sleep mode and reverse itself and then uh try yeah. again and do it again well there's no other feeder on the market or in the no. world that does that and ever. what we're doing we're, we're trying to do something different with this company we're doing two things first of all we're trying to build products that are going to last longer than they should we've proven that so far with our feeder that's why we're doing it with the rush you know with the ratchet strap the gold strap and second of all, we're listening to our customers. We have people call us all the time and say, hey, listen, can you do this? Can you do this? A lot of things we can't, some we can. And we've actually had several hunters call in and say, man, feeder's great. We love it. We love the magnetic motor. It doesn't burn up. You know, 18-gauge metal, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? I had something jam the other day, and that got us thinking. I'm like, what if we could? So we went to the drawing board in 2019 and just put our heads to it and came up with the motor and the the timer and when well, it worked it was just like oh my gosh this is going to be you know but that's one of the things that we don't push we don't we don't put on our our website we like for people to buy our products and then find out there's more than what we say well what? and i remember this is our third year doing the show yep. together yep and the thing that got me and you got you guys have known me carlos has been a rep for me we've known each other for god knows how long I, it's just like me here this weekend. I tell everybody, the stuff that is in this booth, Arrowhead Archery sells it. Family Heritage Outdoors uses it. I mean, I'm not one of those that here's a product that I'm trying to pimp on you, you know, for me, you to buy it. And like Jeff said, one thing that I always uh, loved about you the first year, you're handing out your personal cell phone number to these people oh, that yeah. are buying feeders. And it is like, okay, if it does this, call me. Or if it does – and verbatim which if larry swindle was here because he nearly laughed himself into a heart attack falling off the arctic cat watching his son get pelted upside the head because i did exactly what jeff told me to do and he didn't warn me about the reset but whatever <laughs> and i got comes out of there and i got hit with a corn but <laughs> he got shotgunned <laughs> but i mean and that's what i'm saying you could pick pick up the phone and you can call the actual people who make the feeder oh yeah Oh, yeah. And well, I've always a, wanted my business to be run like that. You yeah. know, I don't want somebody who doesn't hunt to be talking to a hunter. Yeah. I need people that that do and love what, what our customers are doing. Yeah. So, now, you know? I know you talked about the metal and all the other stuff like that, but what if you could give us a synopsis of what makes it so different? I know that one of the first things you'll go with is 
you don't have a motor and a thing exposed, hanging off the right, bottom exposed right. out of the end of it. Everything's so beyond that, what else? It makes it so much different than everybody else's. Zero plastic, nothing to chew from the top to the bottom, even on the inside, nothing plastic. All 18-gauge, powder-coated. The motor, like I said, is magnetic, uh, anti-jam. It can be hung on a tree, which it comes with a tree bracket. It can be placed on the ground, bolted to a stump. Even the legs are hollow. You can put it up as a tripod. It can throw corn, dirty corn, soybeans, dirty soybeans, peas, shelled peanuts, fish food, protein, which I don't recommend. I tell people, if you're going to do protein, put it in a trough. That's just the honest truth. Mm -hmm. You don't want it to mold. Uh, Black oil sunflower seeds, it throws milo 62 feet for quail and uh, dove and all that other stuff. And uh, it's just it's just an all-around great feeder, you know. Don't you have a – isn't there, like, some sort of appy thing or something that you can do? To a remote. Oh, you mean the remote yeah, control? The remote, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but hunters have learned to use that in a little devious way. Yeah. <laughs> We've well, got hunters out order the remote sitting in the stands, and when the coons come up to the feeder and they're peeking the head in that slot, well. I'm not saying anything. Turn it I'm on, turn it off. blind. <laughs> it just – Whatever. It's a lot, edu- of, got it's a lot of education. coons staggering around the woods with sticks. It's but I, education. But I mean, I mean by the corn. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But that works from anywhere. So, like Jonathan pointed out, he could check his feeders either by cam or whatever, and you could literally oh, yeah. fire them off anytime you wanted to uh, with your phone. Yep. I mean, uh, it's, you don't have to have a little remote that you're going to lose or leave. No, back this in the act- there is actually a remote. It's actually right. a remote. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now the good thing about the remote is this. One remote can link to 100 feeders. Yes. And the reason why we did that is because I'm not going to sell a remote for every single feeder. You got people with two or three feeders. Why, why, why should I sell you, you know, sell you a remote for each one? We link one to all three of them, and you're done. Now, is there a distance limit on that's that? It. Ta-da. Is there a distance? 100 yards, and that's through the woods. You don't even have to see your feeder. Within 100 yards – through the woods, through the thicket, you can set off that thing on a 2, 5, 10, or 20-second burst. So if you got up, like, really good high up in, like, a 60-foot pine tree, kind of whip that thing around, you can turn on all your oh, neighbor's yeah. feeders, too? Oh, yeah, within 100 yards, yep. <laughs> Listen, Jeff don't mess around, man. What did Before he, say he does about something, he put some thought and oh, work yeah, into it. Oh, yeah, we tried to. Well, Research that, and I mean, development. I'm, I tell people all the time, if you really want to know what one and done and the gold strap's about, and this, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but it has nothing to do with most of the hunters. It's for my kids. I'm going to build a product for my kids. They hunt just like me. And if when I built the feeder, I built it for them. I built it so it would go off every single time. Now, it happened to go out in the public. Hey, we're doing very well, and that's great. Same thing with the gore strap. My 18-year-old at the time now in college, I'll never forget, we went to Arkansas. And he was climbing up in the stand and got all the way up to it. And he's like, oh, my gosh, Dad, these straps are all tore up. I didn't, I didn't even think. Even as a father, I was filling the feeder. It was in August. And I'm like, what if you would have gotten up in there? What if he wouldn't have climbed in there? What, you know? And, and right then and there, that's it. Right then and there. I said, that's it. That's it. There's something. How many times, like you said earlier, and how many times have we had people that we've all known, is like what you say, strap grows into the tree. It's got a nick. It's got something. Squirrel chewed through yeah, it. And that's pow. our little nemesis. That's it. And one and, and and we all know that is. I can't even imagine that fear in the dark. And and for me to find my son, it, it would. It, I mean, I, I can't even imagine. And and I know there's fathers out there, or even sons that their fathers that happened to. This strap is going to fix that. 
This strap is, I'm telling you, is going to save lives. The tree will die first before oh, yeah. the strap. Oh, yeah. This thing <laughs> is, oh, it'll grow yeah. into it. Strap yeah, it'll, it'll grow in into it. Yeah. I mean, it's. I, I checked it out yesterday. I couldn't believe it. You know, and then that, if you want to know, that's that's why our products are the way they are because we, we, we put thought into it. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be useful. This is not something we're just going to sell and say, oh, look, this is going to be a great seller. No. You know, well, and it's we like, build these things it, to last. It, it's like safety harnesses. And I say this, and it's just like with the feeders. We talk to people about the price of the feeders. Buy it one time and be done. Yeah. Because that's my biggest gripe with these people that will go out. Oh, well, I, and like going back to the feeders. I'll go, buy, I'll go buy the $50 this one or the $100 this one. Guess what? You're back at the store next year buying the $100 feeder again because the hundred dollar feeder was it worked for a year Look, like I, anything quality is quality <laughs> i'm not gonna pay for it i'm not gonna tell you the store but they will never own my feeders and they know who they are out there i'm even gonna tell you the state i went to the store when i first started and i will never forget this and we sat in the hot sun and i i pitched my deal but he said your feeder's too good he said, I like people to come back and buy feeders every year. If I sell your feeder, they won't come back. Oh, yeah. I'll never forget that. Wow. Now, that's where we live in. Well, anyway, all these questions can be answered when you, yes, you, show up today out of the Open Season Sportsman's Expo. We invite you to come out. Open till 6 o'clock tonight. Thank you so much, Jeff, for coming Thank on the Thank you for air. having me, fellas. Thank you, Eddie Salter. Thank you, everybody, for coming by and hanging out. Come see us. We'll be out here for see a while. Ya. We are the Big and Wild. We'll see you next Saturday. Have a blessed day. Have fun. Later.